Good afternoon, and welcome to episode 73 of the Deacon and Co. Show. Uh, my name's Deacon, uh, and good afternoon, good morning, uh, even good evening, some places where everybody is listening. I hope everybody is doing well and staying safe. Now, being that it is February 5th already, 73 here, wow, uh, plugging along here. It should be a fun episode for you guys today. Got a fun guest, a returning guest, and uh, he's excited to get on in just a few minutes, but we'll, we'll save the surprise of who it's going to be if you haven't remembered. But in the meantime here, I have been with you guys with the touchdown report, and, and let me just say as, you know, a fan of the NFL, okay, and somebody who is gambling on these games, all right, this was really a very difficult situation, all right, and uh, whoever would have predicted that the L.A. Rams were going to be playing the Cincinnati Bengals in the Super Bowl, um, hats off to you, because you won a lot of money, because no way would I ever think that those two teams are playing in the Super Bowl, um, and we'll get more into that next week as we sit tomorrow being the Pro Bowl, uh, and they will have next week, obviously, the big game uh, with the Super Bowl. So we'll have a touchdown report special for you on Thursday uh, of the Super Bowl edition of that for all you guys. Um, lucky that I, I was able to uh, come up on top uh, because let me tell you that making the right calls on, on the wagers uh, and predicting the teams who are going to win on air for you guys, completely different. And that's why when I tell everybody, like, hey, listen, this, you know, take this, take that, it's exactly what I'm doing. So if, if you think a team's going to win, but they're not going to win by eight, it's a safe bet to take the other team, you know, and uh, sometimes it works. So that being said there, Pro Bowl going up tomorrow, like I said. The NHL All-Star Game is going on uh, this today, actually, this afternoon. Um, so 6.30 p.m. star for the Super Bowl. I always think it always starts at 6.29. Um, the number four seeds are battling this out, which is cool. They're both fours. Uh, the Rams are favored in this game by four and a half. They're at home in the city that is hosting the Super Bowl. Over 48 for the game. So I'm going to leave you with that for now because by the time that I do the touchdown report uh, for the Super Bowl, that line will change. I can guarantee you that. So I'm going to leave it with that, but I will give you guys a little stat here, okay, of where I'm going to go with this one, okay? So um, no team, and this is true, no bullshit here, okay? No team that has ever lost to the New York Jets in the regular season has ever won the Super Bowl. Cincinnati Bengals lost to the New York Jets on Halloween this year, 34-31. Yeah, so just going to leave it at that. Big Bengals fan, Mr. B had his big birthday last week. Hope he's uh, celebrating, and he's got to be going apeshit for the Bengals being there. But uh, also celebrating a birthday this week. Our good buddy, one of the biggest decaholics out there, Mel, uh, was celebrating a birthday. I hope he had a blast and a great day, Mel, with some relaxation and some unwinding down in later stages of the evening with some wine and some Deacon and Co. show. Can't get any better than that. But, Mel, happy birthday. Um, upcoming on the... Deacon and Co. Show. Next week, we're starting you guys off with the Big Four part special with the Doc, Brad Campbell. We just found out that his nickname is the Doc. He has a PhD in pharmacy. I love it because now this is going to be so much fun to call him the Doc all episode. This is the Doc 
and Deke. The Doc and Deke. That should be that's that's gonna be the episode of uh the name of the episode for uh the Megadeth uh, starting off there. Uh I think that's good. That's funny. That's too funny. Um as I mentioned, the NHL All-Star Game's going on. The skills competition, let me tell you something, that's that's more better than anything else you get out there than watching the game. I'm telling you, it's it's unbelievable. So if you guys haven't seen it, you catch it on ESPN Plus and stuff. The game's on ABC today as well. Uh, and the Hoops World, we got the Grizzlies and the Magic, the Suns and the Wizards, Heat and the Hornets. Prime time after the All-Star Game, which they felt was more important to put on. The Lakers and the Knicks from Crypto in L.A. Bucks and the Trailblazers. Thunder and the Kings. So the the crazy thing about this is is that I I've, I've never seen an All Star game for hockey on a Saturday. I mean I guess that really means who really gives a flying fuck about hockey. Well I'm gonna raise my hand okay because I I don't remember the last time the New York Rangers had over sixty points uh, at the All Star break. I understand that they've played five more games in hand than some of the other teams in the division and ten more than the Islanders, but that's okay. Because when it comes down to it like this, there's going to be a time now in the upcoming parts of the season, because now we're looking at this from the perspective here, as there's only 30-some-odd games left, okay? Finish strong, put yourself in a position where you don't have to worry about what the other teams are doing because you're continuously winning. I was a long-time Ranger fan. I shouldn't say was, because I still am a very, very big Ranger fan. And gave up my season tickets to take a smaller plan because it drained me going in from Long Island into Manhattan how many times a week with Nay, meeting her there. And, you know, she's already working all day, meeting me into the in the city, having dinner, drinking, and just a continuous, you know, everyday thing. I wouldn't have traded for the world if they had won the Stanley Cup back in 2014. It was the first year that Nay and I had season tickets, and the funny thing about this is is that I said to her, I was like, well, all right, so we spent ten grand on tickets. I'm like, wouldn't it be fucking something if they made the Stanley Cup Finals this year? And sure enough, they did, uh, losing you know five games to the Los Angeles Kings, which to this day I'm still bitter about. Um... You know, and, and every time that we play the Kings, it's like, you know, something happens where, like, even... Because there's only one Ranger that is current that was on that Stanley Cup team that is still on the Rangers right now, and that's Chris Kreider. So now you turn around and, you know, even even with that aspect, he's got to know, like, okay, listen, I was that close to winning. And, and every time that the Rangers play, it's like a curse or something that when they play the Kings. They lost in L.A. They got lucky this year and won. So... The crazy thing is, um, when you're looking at things from the perspective of has as the Islanders, um, you know, are in their scenario being ten games behind everybody else, that that's fine. That that really is fine, because um, they'll have that time to make it up. But the thing is, is that when you have that time to make it up, it's got to be between now. Uh, well, obviously, everybody with the time off. It's got to be between the time that the season ends. They're not going to extend the season you know, a week so the Islanders can play the rest of their game. So this is going to be a tough road for those COVID teams that got impacted by, you know, really hardcore. So well, it's going to be good to see how things come down the final stretch. And, of course, keep you updated here. Uh, Metallica, Metallica, Metallica. Obviously going to be a Metallica episode today. So did some work 
with Metallicast. If you guys haven't checked out me on Brandon's show, it is on both the Deacon and Co. show Twitter page and Instagram. And follow Metallicast. Give him a great review if you can. And listen to the episode. It will probably be just a recap of what you guys already know had happened. Uh, also wanted to give a quick shout out, guys, if you can. If you guys are fifth members, okay, please go and see if you guys are able to find the support for justice uh, for Minnesota. It's our good buddy, Jordan Blackhurst. He's trying to get his own chapter as well. So you could follow him on Twitter. And I'm not sure quite yet if he has an Instagram yet, but he's definitely on Twitter. So if we could show him some support, hopefully he'll get his chapter as well. And it'll be awesome for that to happen. Uh, Metallica update. Obviously, we got 20 days till Vegas. And um, our next guest will be the one who will be with me in Vegas. Of course, we're going to meet some people there as well. But, um, yeah, he'll be with me. It's going to be cool. 20 days away for Vegas. Uh, also... We have Boston Calling coming up, as well as the Napa Show Memorial Day weekend. And as that comes closer, of course, I will give you guys more updates upon that. Um, let me see here. Two things I wanted to bring up to you guys before I stop talking get my buddy, the outlaw John Jennings, on the show, uh, is Ozark, the new season. Haven't had a chance to update you guys on it because I've been doing the touchdown report, so check it out on Netflix. Uh, they're splitting the final season, which is fine in an aspect of, you know, you just left me at episode 7. <laughs> so that's how it ended, or, you know, at, at the midway point. I hate when seasons do that, especially because this is the last one, which sucks because this is a really good show. Uh, if you haven't had a chance to check it out, anybody, uh, Ozark, start to finish, you'll love it. Jason Bateman's in there. It's fucking awesome. Uh, also, too, just came out yesterday, Jackass Forever. I am a huge Jackass fan. I love those guys. I think they are great, and I think it's awesome that they're still doing it. Unbelievable. Love those guys. Uh, so sad when uh, Ryan Dunn passed. I mean, he was uh, doing some crazy shit on the highway. Uh, DUI going over 120 plus miles an hour. Um, rest in peace to him. Uh, or pieces, uh, I should say. It's a little fucked up, but, uh, you know, gotta, gotta have some type of recollection no matter what you're doing. And I always tell people that, you know, it's not just when you do an action like that that will affect you and your outcome look at what it could do to the rest of the community, uh, you know, especially somebody who was loved like that. Imagine his parents, his family, all that stuff that they went through. It's definitely fucked Bam Margera up. That was his best friend. So uh, this should be fun, though. I, I heard there's a little bit of controversy of who's in the movie and who's got, um, you know, splitting up or whatever the situation is. A lot of, a lot of comedians are branching out of their um, group or their main groups or whatever. I look at Joe Gatto. He's stepping away from Impractical Jokers. Um, yeah, so shit happens over time, I guess, but jackass forever. Uh, my favorite stunt, it's really, you guys are just really laugh. Uh, it basically, it was, I, I believe it, it was in season two. Uh, this was on the show. And uh, basically... They walked around with a dead alligator, and it didn't go rigor mortis, so the thing was still moving like it was alive. They'd walk the corner, 
people would jump and just get scared. It, it was just, for me at the time, when I watched it, um, I was dying. I was hysterical laughing. It, it was just really, it was just so funny to me. But um, without further ado, please let me stay quiet and welcome my next guest. Now, it would be really, really cool if I had some type of, like, cowboy introduction here. But this former guest, I guess you could say former, uh, from episode 71, uh, returning the outlaw John Jennings himself, the man who will be with Deacon himself in 20 days in Las Vegas, Nevada, to see yes. the best rock band that ever lived. Welcome to episode 73 of the Deacon and Co. Show. Thank you, sir. Glad to be here, brother. I am glad that you are here with us today, and I am glad that you'll be with us in 20 days to rock out for oh, seeing Metallica. Now, let me ask you, before before we get into anything, uh, when was the last time you saw Metallica? My goodness. <laughs> way too long, way too long. It was St. Anger Tour. Oh, wow. I know, right? It was that long ago, yeah. Yeah, a lot has happened in my little world between here and there, and I didn't do a lot for like quite a few years, but I always rocked out to them, of course. But yeah, St. Anger Tour. Yeah, and crazy. that that's crazy. And now just think about it. You haven't done a show or gone to a show in, let's just say, 19 years, okay? Less than that, because it was 2003 or four. All right, so 2003 or four. Yeah, well, yep. Yeah, because I'm, I'm thinking 2003 for St. Anger, so we'll say 2004, so 18 years. Yes, sir. With one year. <laughs> yeah. Crazy. Yeah. And you're yeah, gonna. So yes. And you'll be at two in six months. Man, I'm so happy. It's so well overdue. It truly is. Yeah. Now, we'll, we're definitely gonna get into this more as the time comes closer. But have you ever gone to a Metallica music festival or a festival where Metallica was playing? No. No, I have not. I. That's the the couple days. Everything. That's kind of gonna be a different experience but no i've never done that no. yeah yeah i mean stadium shows and festivals obviously are a lot different we're gonna have a lot of fun at the stadium show and it's definitely gonna be an experience for you when you go to the festival i'm not gonna ruin it for you and spoil all the cool shit that's gonna happen or may not happen but we're there for yeah. one purpose and uh you're one of the few people that agreed and said we don't have to do the man shuffle to go see weezer our asses will be right there front row for metallica Yep, that's all that matters. <laughs> that's it, and then that's the way it should be. But John, um, nicknamed the Outlaw John for a reason. Why don't you tell the Tikaholics that have not got to hear your prior episode with me what you got going on? Um, you because the music made me write a screenplay, Outlaw Torn. Just I saw the story that it told. I wrote down what it what I saw and. It ended up being the same concept as one and Johnny Got His Gun, how the song tells what the main character goes through in the movie. But just in my case, the song came first. And it's so hard to get a movie made, but it's been a long time coming, and it's really feeling like this ball's rolling, and you're helping me get it rolling, but that's what I have. I have, I have a Metallica song that has shown me what to write, and I wrote the movie that's taken me quite a few years because I wasn't even a screenwriter when I started this so that's what I have same thing as Johnny got his gun but opposite <laughs> the song came first oh yeah uh, and, yep. and it's so awesome too um, that that this actually went down and of course we're in talks with you know a couple people that are trying to steer us in the right direction as well but in the meantime of that everyone can do their part and help out John following the 
Twitter page, Outlaw Torn. I believe it is Outlaw Torn 4, John? Yes, it sure is. That, that is what it is. Yeah, so if you guys can uh, help me out, help John out, and give a follow, um, making some good progress on here, and would love to have the support behind, uh, the, basically, in my opinion here, uh, something that should be uh, on a screenplay and should be to the next level and, and that and that's um you know it's it's definitely um i'm one of the few that got the the privilege of reading it and uh i think it's a great storyline and you could see definitely if you're a fan of both what the resemblance comes with and, and i have to say it was very well well written as well thank you sir and hey thank you for your help too and your involvement and <clears throat> you're helping me and in, in getting me out there is getting others in, interested and involved and i'm i'm hoping this is just gonna be a snowball effect and we're gonna be piled right in the middle of all of it so absolutely okay. and it's definitely sir, thank it's, you thank you again yes sir thank you oh anytime and it's definitely gonna be a fun ride too and having the support of yes. the fans if you're a fan of metallica you will absolutely love this uh so again please do me a favor and help us get this ball rolling a little faster by following the Outlaw Torn 4 on Twitter as well. If you do not see him on Twitter for whatever reason, you could go to the Deacon and Co. Show Twitter page, go to followers, and you will see the Outlaw Torn 4 is right there. Um, also, and, too... And, sorry, and make sure you listen to episode 71. Make sure you listen to that episode. Episode 71. Yeah. Absolutely. Sorry. All backtracking for anyone who has not yet got to listen to that episode. Uh, one last thing, John, I wanted to bring up before we start the, I guess you could say, uh, feature presentation of why you're here today. Our buddy, Jordan Blackhurst, as I mentioned earlier in the uh, beginning of the stages of the episode here, is trying to get his own chapter, Justice for Minnesota. So if you guys can follow him as well on the Twitter page to help him out, it will help him uh, greatly, and he is more than appreciative of you guys doing so but without that drama called heavy metal we wouldn't be here today talking about load and reload so before we get into this uh produced by bob rock with headfield and ulrich so what is your thoughts about bob rock as a producer john he's incredible he's done great with everything he's ever done with metallica yeah honestly yeah yeah Absolutely. God, his hand's been on so much good music throughout the year. So that's he's yeah he's been a, a good person to have around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and sometimes, to be honest with you, you know, sometimes people don't understand um, the you know uh, I, I wouldn't say like um, lifestyle, but like just the, the the work ethic of somebody else. So for somebody you know to appreciate that. And understand that is, uh, you know, it's an awesome thing because, you know, it took them a long time to adapt to Bob Rock. <laughs> oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, and it was really cool to see the coverage of him when they uh, they, they had a, uh, they did the, the documentary, Some Kind of Monster. He had a he had a pretty decent role in there, too, you know. It was kind of neat to see that. Yeah. It, it was definitely cool. And, and just to, you know, see the struggle and everything, too, that they went through. Because, obviously, you know, nobody's perfect. Uh, but speaking of, uh, you know, some kind of monster, the black album and whatnot, to this little later on this afternoon, you guys can catch this up to 48 hours uh, on demand, is a unreleased new concert from Metallica.com. They have it from the black box. 
another one today and they've been pretty good so far you know six bucks it comes to to see the show uh it's definitely worth the time some concerts obviously you know better than others but for the most part they've been pretty cool except john when they turn around and they cut puppets short yeah, no, that's just an insult. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, it just drives me up the wall when I when I hear that kind of thing. But uh, we're going to start off this. We're going to go uh, give you guys a breakdown of Load and Reload because, as you recall, um, as I know all Decaholics didn't forget this, one-fourth of the 40th anniversary shows were dedicated to these two albums and deep cuts that most people don't get to hear, probably won't ever get to hear it again. The cool thing about seeing a show of that caliber is seeing and knowing all of this stuff. When I first went to my very first show, um, these albums were all out already. So it wasn't something along the lines where, like, you know, I couldn't have the chance or the opportunity to do it to go back and listen to them and be prepared for the next time because that's exactly what I did. But I got only two songs when I first concert of seeing them from either one of these albums, Fuel and The Memory Remains, which... I'm pretty sure we're going to hear at least one of those two in Vegas, too. So, starting off, the Load album, and of course, Load was 1996, um, Ain't My Bitch. So now as an opening track here, when you see when you hear a song like this and you think about the prior opening tracks in there, uh, John, do you feel like Ain't My Bitch is one of those songs that like if you're listening to an album, you're right away getting cranked up in there? Yeah, yeah, it's right away. Gets in it to it right away. And uh, another th awesome thing about Ain't My Bitch is that's what they opened with at my favorite show that can't be topped because it was 1999 New Year's Eve. Mm -hmm. Going into 2000, I'm like 99% sure that's the song they opened up with. So, how about that for openers? <laughs> yeah, that would You're definitely. Right. Yeah, you you could sit there and you could put wagers on like what is going to be Metallica's opening song, and nine out of ten times you'll be able to identify it. That would not be one of them. That would fall in the one out of ten times category. Super cool that you got to hear that live. Yes. Brings us down into two by four. Yeah, definitely a different side on the vocals there from James Hetfield. Uh, definitely something that most Metallica fans aren't used to, but sounded pretty good. Yes, well, that's a great song too, by the way. Awesome. Uh, so I think the end of it is like, I can't hear you. You're talking to me. You just says it, and you just get this feeling. <laughs> he gets into it. I can't hear you. Are you talking to me? <laughs> oh yeah. And now talk to two by four. He does. <laughs> <laughs> now correct, correct me if I'm wrong here. Now, when it comes to Metallica, they're known for tracks one, two, and the closers. This is this is an unusual or kind of a rare two that's stuck in there. Um, not as powerful as the other albums on the twos, uh, but still a great track, especially with the different side of the way his vocals are a little more bluesier than you normally would get from a metal band. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. That's funny, too, how you say that. How I... I kind of pay attention on the numbers of the songs you know the hits they are and everything so it's kind of 
that's awesome that you, you're paying attention to that stuff too because I'm, I'm a dork like that <laughs> <laughs> thanks I'm i mean for dork. me <laughs> you know what it is is like for me i've come on and i've done some cool things and a lot of people are uh love the breakdowns of all the ones and all the twos and you go by every album or whatnot so but like for me i mean it's very difficult for me to put this song in particular not that there's anything wrong with this song um but it's very difficult if we're ranking twos on Metallica. How, how do you put this over, let's say, Master of Puppets or Ride the Lightning, which are also track two, uh, and Injustice for All as well? Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, they, they drown two by four out. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so it's very, yeah, very different scenario there. But uh, John, going to bring us down to the track three on load, which is the house that Jack built. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely one that's going to crank you up. And again, you can see where the vocals are coming from and the more confidence that James Hetfield had from working with Bob Rock in doing those, you know, if you want to call ballads on the Black Album. Now this is the album that follows Black Album. Thoughts on that, John? Yes, yes. That, uh, that, uh, the House Jack Belt had uh, such a good feel to it, I think, you know. And uh, I just, I don't know, I just really liked it, you know. I... I for the third song, I don't know if it's compared to any other ones. Like, like you know that I don't. I feel ashamed because I don't know how you know the lineup and the songs are and the hits and everything. But yeah, you're right. This is a great, I think, great album following Black Album on Anthos. Yeah, absolutely. And I mean, for anybody that questions the, you know, the the, the I guess you can call the middle years or the '90s and early 2000 years. Um, you don't you don't just become a fan of a band by saying okay well you know all right so what do we have Metallica pre black album or post black album now I get it they're a different sound but nobody turned around and said that about the Beatles every album sounded different yeah you know when you have four guys that are interchangeable that are singing and stuff like that because I'm not, no disrespect to um, Jason Newstead by any means but when he would come in and he would sing Seek and Destroy. It annoyed me, like it just annoyed me. And I got, I get it that he's pumping up the crowd and stuff like that, but like just annoying to me. Still, still great performance-wise and everything else, but like we didn't know. I didn't know that I was gonna go see him do something like that. And he is yeah. musically talented. I agree. He is awesome. And you don't want a band, you know, having every album sound the same anyway. Absolutely. I, I mean, you. I for me, in my eyes, you you cannot take away anything because you cannot have Metallica without the middle albums of Load, Reload, and Saint Anger. And when I was a kid and um, I was still in high school when Injustice for All was released, and I remember thinking, "Oh wow, this is very different from Master of Puppets," you know? Yeah. So yeah, it was very different. You know, I was like, "Oh, this, this is awesome," still, you know, but very different, you know? Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, next on the list here is going to be track number four, which would be Until It Sleeps.
Very interesting facts about that song. John, what do you got for us? Love it, love it. I'm pretty sure it was their first video, their first release from the album, and I remember because everybody was mad they cut their hair. <laughs> they changed. They were very different. They had their eyes all blacked out for the video, and it was awesome, I thought. And it was really, really cool, but a lot of people was like, what, they changed it? How dare them, you know? They got haircuts. Yeah. So, no. <laughs> Yeah, love the song though. Definitely a great song on there. Um, one one of my favorites on the album itself. Uh, for me, um, thinking about it from uh, our overall perspective, and we may be the weirdos, we may not be the weirdos, but on a track four list, I mean, that's got to be up there. Uh, you know, as opposed to, you know, we all know what the best four track is from Metallica, and that's going to be one. But this has got to be within the top five, I would say, of track fours for Metallica. It's it's a great song. I feel that would be uh, fourth place on an album or, or the fourth track on an album, rather. Um, next song on there, uh, I think for me, it's uh, my favorite song on the album. Not their best song, but King Nothing. your crown <laughs> thoughts on that one john love it incredible love the video uh just yeah the, 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 everything it's about is good where's your crown king nothing <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah definitely uh when for me like uh i think that song particularly can sound can sound like it would belong on the black album as well that's that's like more for yes, me their style yeah, that's a great song. Like, who the hell are you? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely. Now, uh, going to bring us down uh, into six here. Before I uh, play the little track for everybody, the little clip of it, Hero of the Day, John, we'll switch it up first, get your intake on Hero of the Day. What do you feel about Hero of the Day? Uh, great song, great video again, because the, the, the last three songs we've talked about right now, like, unbelievably, you know, awesomely in a row releases, I thought, because... You know, when I had the, I actually had the tape. <laughs> this was on side one. <laughs> the truck I had, I bought. I had to buy a, a cassette because the truck I had had a cassette deck in it. So I, I remember when it was released. I was like, "Wow, three in a row! This is great!" You know, but um, yeah, Hero of the Day is a great song. Love it. Love the video. And yep, sorry. <laughs> absolutely no, absolutely. Hero of the Day is another one of those songs. I believe that Hero of the Day was my first song that I heard off of this album, and uh, here it is.
awesome song. That year that this came, when Load was released in 96, one of my brother's friends, like two years older than me in high school, was a boxer. Bronco McCart was his name. And he won. He was a world champion that year. He won a world title that year. And I thought he was the hero of the day because when I remember his homecoming was a big deal. And every time I heard that, it was like not long after he won that, that the song was released. I thought, man, that's what he was, the hero of the day. So <laughs> I had to think of that high school friend that got to be the world champion for a minute whenever I hear that song. That is super cool. Um, yeah, definitely, definitely could see that as not as obviously as powerful as something like We Are the Champions or, or sorry, yeah. We Will Rock You slash We Are the Champions. Two different songs obviously go hand in hand together, but I could definitely see that being played at the end of a boxing movie or something. You know, yep. I, and which I'm probably sure that we have we missed it that it probably has already, but <laughs> we'll, yeah, no, right. <laughs> we'll have to follow up on that. Yes, sir. Next song on there, I think, in my opinion, is the best song off of this album, "Bleeding Me." Yeah, powerful stuff there, John. Very, very powerful. So earlier when we said, you know, the, I said the outlaw torn, like made I saw what it said, the the story that it was telling, you know. So it made me write down, and it moved me, it it ate at me. It made me a screenwriter, you know. So the song "Bleeding Me" goes with what I was going through when I was writing my first movie when the outlaw torn did this to me. 1998 is when I finished it but bleeding me literally I mean was like right there with me as uh, like the whole way like my drive like yeah this is coming from me so something was coming out of me when I was going through this and writing my first movie so bleeding me really just went right in line with what I was going through with the outlaw torn how crazy right <laughs> yeah absolutely and um you know thus far uh from this album what we got from the 40th shows were King Nothing and Bleeding Me. And when Bleeding Me came on, I was, um, I wasn't shocked. Um, I was, a, a, I was a bit, um, kind of anticipating it to be there. Um, at least that or until it sleeps and Bleeding Me, hearing it live, uh, unbelievable, uh, just as if it was a studio album. It was just really in incredible. Uh, leads us now as your joke continues. Uh, side two of the of the cassette, <laughs> and we're gonna start with the cure, uh, or cure.
not the band The Cure. I got your cure is what it is. <laughs> awesome. Another yeah. one, John, that starts off with an amazing rift. And, like, if you... if if you're doing a Metallica trivia contest, right, where sometimes I do it, where they give you, like, okay, you hear one or two beats to start off. Not trying to insult anybody here, but just the beginning of it starts off like Orion a little bit to me. Oh, yeah. yeah I never thought about that. Yeah, a little weird on that aspect of things, but following that brings us to, down into Poor Twisted Me. Well, I think that's definitely an introduction that we have not heard before from Metallica. That's pretty uh, bluesy, don't you say? Great introduction. Oh, yeah. Yep. Definitely awesome. love it. A lot of people, John, on the next one here went ape shit hearing this live. Um, Wasting My Hate from the 40th anniversary shows. Great, great song. What are your thoughts? That be, yeah, that'd be great live. I love that song. That'd be incredible to see it live. Wow, I can't believe they played it live, actually. Yeah, it, it was crazy. And, and that's going to conclude us off of this album of what we got here. So, again, just to recap, that would be King Nothing, Bleeding Me, and Wasting My Hate from there. And still, uh, un unbelievable. Wasting My Hate is um, probably, I would say, in the top five loudest Metallica songs I've ever heard live. It was crazy. Nice. Yeah. That's a good thing to say. Oh yeah. <laughs> so here we go, wasting my hate. Yeah, that I mean, just hearing that, you can only imagine how it starts off and then just bam. Yeah, oh my God, I'm sure the crowd loved it too. Yeah, definitely a complete surprise too. And a lot of people didn't, uh, you know, that was like one of the songs that the people asked, like, you know, next to me, like what it was. And like, all right, I understand. I really do understand, like, you know, you're not a Metallica fan. You know, you're just there for the experience or whatever it is. Uh, but it's great to there. Great to there, though. But yeah, it's like, oh man, you should have been into it before you got here. Exactly. You know, like <laughs> not not asking me, like what I mean, because I I think at some point too, like people, like I I thought for a little while, like inside my my little twisted membrane, that people were testing me. <laughs> like, yeah, you would think that too. You know, yeah. This song too, you know, waste my hate out. You're not worth it. You're not, you know, to say that they, James is so classy to say that. It's like I wouldn't waste my hate on you. Oh and, yeah. And it makes me think of this too. They have a song for all occasions, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, no matter what you're going through. <laughs> exactly, exactly. And it's sad because you know, um, you know, it's one of those situations where, like, you think about it, and you, you know, at that moment when you're a hardcore level fan, like, you know, it happens all the time where you just find yourself in a position where, like, I can relate any sentence to a Metallica song, and it's disgusting. Yeah. Oh yeah. 
that's awesome. <laughs> you know, it's disgustingly awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. Definitely, definitely, definitely. Uh, people, people will be like, yeah, this guy's a little bit of a maniac, and I think uh, the outlaw John over here is promoting it. hundred <laughs> uh, yeah, well, percent. Yes, I am. <laughs> John, next song we got is uh, Mama Said Here. Yeah. Yeah, that's a great song. You know, the sounded first time I ever heard that was like that's kind of countryish, you know? Like the it sounds like the, the guitar part almost sounded like steel guitarish like country, you know? And I don't know, it was just a great content of the song too, you know. Absolutely. And uh to bring up points that you have made thus far, another great music video. Yeah, so oh my goodness, loved it. Yeah, it definitely gives a different side for country. I definitely agree with that, and I'm glad that you said it because I was going to bring it up too as well. But Sorry. no, no, I'm glad that other people feel the same way about certain things because, like, if you if you get somebody from the perspective of throwing out, like, you know, there's people out there who honestly believe that Metallica's best song is not Master of Puppets or One, and that's okay. Everyone's entitled to their opinion, but the fact <laughs> of the matter is. We know what their best two songs are, but for somebody else to say something along those lines, they kind of like people will be like, you know, what are you talking about? Like, how how would you, you know, you, you consider Black Album the greatest Metallica album of all time? It's the most selling, whatever it is. But meanwhile, on the top ten list, not to get sidetracked, there's only one song that is from Black Album that's in the top ten Metallica songs of all time, and that's Enter Sandman. Get out of here. Yeah, it's right. Uh, I, I thought he was going to say Nothing Else Matters. No, Nothing Else Matters is obviously the number two downloaded song of all time by Metallica. Number one is Master, I mean, um, uh, Enter Sandman. And number three is Master of Puppets. But when it comes to the all-time Metallica top ten list, voted by the fans, voted by Rolling Stone, voted by other uh, titles, you're only getting one song from Black Album, and that is um, Enter Sandman. Yeah, crazy. Uh, gonna wrap us down into the final three here off of this album, uh, Thorn Within. That's uh, another classic. Yes. So as you can see, if you're if you're not up on the discography of uh, Metallica, uh, John, is it is it hard to distinguish what era this was from on most of these songs? No, not at all, not at all. <laughs> yeah, you can tell the riffs are there. The beginning intro of the song is becoming powerful as opposed to the lead-in um, that we've experienced in the prior earlier albums. Great intro. Oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, Ronnie is going to be. The next song that we experience here on the Load Breakdown. John, any thoughts, comments, concerns, problems with the song, Ronnie? I uh, no, love it, love it. Like I said, when I first heard it too, it was like, yeah, there's a, 
there's a lot going on in the song. Oh yeah, absolutely. I lost my, I lost my way. How awesome! <laughs> what a great way. Oh yeah, absolutely. Oh yeah, definitely, definitely a great one. Definitely one of those situations where you know, again, coming from this era, um, you definitely could tell what it is. But uh, you had mentioned this to me a while back, if my memory serves right, that this was actually a school shooting song. Yes, yes. I mean, think about it. So they all, and they all fall, you know, they, and they all fall down. Yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. That's what I thought. That's why I took it as, you know. I mean, like even when I heard it years ago. So when it first came out, I heard it, you know. And yeah, there's a it's a powerful shit in that song. Oh yeah. Um, absolutely on there. I can't agree with you more. Um, and and that's gonna conclude us on the uh, load album here. Or or am I missing something? You were getting a little wait, nervous wait, there. Wait a <laughs> so before we get yeah. into this, let's talk about closing tracks as powerful as Metallica seems to make them. So let's take a look up until this point of what we got. The Outlaw Torn is the last song on this. That's why I was making a joke for everyone that didn't know. Uh, getting John a little nervous over there. But... John, uh, Metal Militia, then we're going to go to the Call of the Cthulhu, Master of Puppets, it's going to be Damage Incorporated. Um, up until this point, for those three, for me, it's really tough for them to beat as we go on to Black Album, or rather Justice First and Black Album on there, uh, those final tracks on there uh, for those two albums as well. Um this one comes on there right after Black Album. What what are you what are your thoughts as powerful as they've been on closing these albums? They continued with this or what? Oh, they topped it. They 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 totally in my well they topped it with the song and how it, I just think it's awesome how they do that. By the way, their closing songs are just just vicious punches every one of them. And a cool thing too is I had a CD years ago that "Am I Evil" was the last song. Um, uh kill them all yeah is that weird yeah, uh cool no i don't know if that's like an original or uh, no it's probably not it's a, probably a remastered uh version of it because yeah. you can get oh, yeah, definitely, yeah definitely you 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 yeah. can get some of them with um like the extended versions like um you know they'll have um i guess some of the covers on there they did blitzkrieg was also part of ride the lightning and my evil was part of the ride the lightning remastered and stuff too but yeah. it was never on there uh the original oh, albums. Uh, you rock for knowing all that, man. I feel like such a dork. <laughs> and it's awesome because it's so cool that you know all that shit. It's like, man, that's that's pretty pretty cool stuff. Yeah. Well, th thank you, man. <laughs> yeah, you know, they, uh, they really, really did top it off with this closer. They they did pack a punch on this one in my world, and I think a lot of other people love this song. And they really did such a good um, uh, version of it too with S and M. I think we remember talking to you about that before a while ago about. How the uh, the cover they did on S and M with the song was just so powerful. Uh, yeah, um, I agree a hundred percent on there. For me, the Outlaw Torn is a great song. 
Uh, definitely, definitely belongs as a closer. Really does. And, and of course, uh, not to not to take away because I I left him there for you. Struggle within, uh, for uh, pro, you know, I guess proceed, uh, not proceeding, but uh, coming beforehand on this, you know, voyage that they had. So preceding this outlaw torn as the last track on there. And for me, it's just, it's very, you know, different from what we're used to hearing on there. Um, and, and when you look at it from, you know, going from a nine to 13 and now extending the albums a little longer, Dyer's Eve was another powerful one that was off of justice. Um, you know, as we spoke about with, you know, Master of Puppets having Damage Incorporated and, and the other two that we had mentioned, uh, Call of the Cthulhu and Metal Militia. Um, I think that, be honest with you, like, you have to go, in my opinion, uh, you'd have to go um, Damage Incorporated, Dyer's Eve, and then for their best closer, Outlaw Torn, for me, is third. That's, that's great. That's awesome. But it's, think about all the, thongs, all the songs that you just talked about. Isn't that amazing? That this, oh my God, there's so many of them. That I know it's for some people it's hard to have a favorite, but for people like me and you, it's like no, I know exactly what my favorite is, and it's never gonna change. <laughs> yeah. But but there's so damn many of them. That's just amazing. Yeah, it really is unbelievable. And uh, as you hit the nail on the head earlier too, S and M version. Hearing that, um, uh, something else. It really, really is something else. So, give us the Outlaw Torn here. Okay, sorry. Sorry for the delay. If you can't hear that, that that's going to be some powerful shit, then I think you might want to hire your decibel level you're listening to music at. So much, so much going on in that song. And his voice, man, the screams that he does, it's like no other song. I, I'm telling you, I, I can't think of any other song in their catalog where he screams as long as probably is. I'm sure you're probably going to say, shut up, John, this is it. But that, that song for me, though, he just is so amazing the vocals just everything of course but his screams in that song are just amazing oh yeah absolutely and he's got a couple of them off of this album that he really you know went crazy and, and you know especially too like in bleeding me um you know uh, he just went ape shit and a different point of a vocalist of reaching out to a different audience and think about the genius that they did okay so we always talk about different bands in history, like let's just say, for instance, Corn or Limp Bizkit or these guys, and I, and I don't even want to talk and bring these guys into the same comparison as Metallica. It's not fair, but being that they're into somewhat similar heavy music, I, I kind of have to make this reference: is that you guys did not just sell out; you turned around and just never made the next steps like Metallica did to adjust to their audience. You're still talking about things that your 35 to 45 year old audience. Um, you know, age-wise, is now looking like, yeah, dude, I have no relevance to slitting my wrist anymore. 
<laughs> hey, by the way, I've seen both those bands open in with Metallica throughout the years. That's <laughs> like, yeah, how awesome, right? It, yeah, very fun. cool. But now let me ask yeah. you this. How many times has Metallica opened up for those two bands? <laughs> I think they stopped opening up for bands when they, like, after the first album got heard, you know? They had to open up for bands to get heard. And then that was probably it, wasn't it? And I don't think they opened up for that many people after that. I think it was only, uh, like, four or five different bands. Uh, obviously, 86 was a big deal because of what went down with Ozzy and how halfway through that tour, that the Master of Puppets tour, that they the fans did not want Ozzy opening. Oh, no, no, definitely. I see it somewhere. You're, like, I saw where they opened up for Twisted Sister. Yeah. Yeah, how weird, right? <laughs> Very weird. They, they, Twisted Sister doesn't even belong, and, and, and I like them. I don't love them, oh, yeah. but they don't even belong in the same category. But then you go along the lines of history, and it's a very good thing in, in that you brought this up in this aspect of things because I always find it funny too that you know Metallica opened up for X, Y, and C, but now ninety three, um, I, I see what you're doing here. But at ninety three, I guess musicians are making money elsewhere and doing other different things because you're not you're not selling concert tickets at five hundred bucks a concert when Guns N' Roses is the main act for Metallica. Yeah. You know, as opposed to even now. Like which is very difficult if you if you've noticed, um, they kinda are civil but will not perform together. I have not seen GNR on a lineup scheduled for Metallica, um, and any of the festivals. Yeah, I you know I go in spurts. I I like them and then I hate them and then it's like sometimes Axel's voice is just so good to hear and then sometimes it's just so annoying and it's like. Every song, he's got to be the last one to hold up his voice. Every, there's like so many songs in their catalog that where his voice is the end of the song where he just carries it off a note, you know. And it's just, Sometimes it's just annoying to me, so I go on spurts to where I love them because I love Appetite for Destruction. Oh, my God, I love that. Oh, yeah. But, um, and then there's sometimes it's like, I don't want to hear it. <laughs> Absolutely. And for me, up until Lady Gaga, to, to 2008, another one that should you know, not be in the conversation of a Metallica show, but got to pay respects to her um, for the greatness that she brings in her genre of music. But up until awesome. her album, um, and and I, I puzzled myself, but Guns N' Roses had the most albums sold on number uh, first week of a release. And then all of a sudden, Appetite for Destruction came, and then expected black album to do black album did its thing but still not as much as the appetite for destruction until gaga came and broke that record which i think is impressive yeah oh yeah that is very impressive and she is impressive i mean what she's done is well uh, what she's done has been having a blast changing things and doing shit her way what she wants it's how awesome oh yeah absolutely <laughs> now i have a little uh trivia question for you this is just a question, so don't feel any pressure when this is asked to you. Do you recall Metallica having a show um, in 2005 where they opened up? Because I do believe this would be the last time that they opened up. And I and correct me if I'm wrong, but I do believe this is the last time they opened up for anybody. And they, they did, huh? They did. I'll tell you where the show was, and maybe it'll help you. It was right. in uh, AT&T Park where the Giants play, and it was, I do believe, in September of 2005. I think 13th and 15th were the days. <laughs> I'm lost. 
once they opened up for somebody. I almost wanted to say it would be, I don't I, I actually don't even want to say anybody. They, I could imagine who they would open up for, like a big band that's probably, like they played a set, they opened up for somebody? Yeah, someone big. They opened up for the Rolling Stones. Oh, no way, man. Yeah. That's very, res- that's very respectful, isn't it? Yeah. I, I don't believe their set list was very long. I do believe it was like 45 minutes to an hour, but I could be wrong on that. But yeah. they did open up for the Rolling Stones, which I thought was really, really cool. Yeah, a classy move, too, man, because they know, they know who they are and what's going on, and they know the Stones, too, and the Stones are just what a name, you know, what a name, too. So I couldn't imagine. My mind would be blown to see that show. Yeah. Wow. wow amazing. Absolutely. The cool thing that I like about Metallica, too, the difference between, like, the Rolling Stones situation here, um, the, the, the big thing is is that when you look at all these people that are saying the influences of this or that or whatever the scenario comes down to with um, who was the influences, you, you you hear the name Chuck Berry get thrown out there with Metallica once in a blue moon, but not as much as the Rolling Stones do. And, and I watched some documentaries on Chuck Berry um, about how much they really worshipped him. But meanwhile, he was like a complete dick to the Rolling Stones in the beginning. Wow. I've heard a lot of... Yeah, I've heard, I've heard some... Not positive things about him. Yeah, just crazy. But, John, a year later, they decided to do something cool. Also, again, with Bob Rock. You could see the difference on this album. Um, On this one, we ended up having uh, one, two, three songs on there from the 40th anniversary shows that were played. But Reload, starting us off... With Fuel, I don't know if besides Battery or Blackened that there is another number one track that gets me more cranked up than Fuel. Yeah, that's a good one. That is an awesome one. Yeah, absolutely. I know that about that, man. It is an awesome show to go see. Yeah, and the cool thing about this is, uh, you know, in the in the video too, I believe that there was a Camaro. Yes, sir. Late models. I, they had, James was driving like a '68 or '69. Yeah, you had one of those too, though, didn't you? Yes, I had one. Yes, I had a '68. I didn't have it. <laughs> I felt so cool when I saw him with the same car I had. I know like, a lot of people had that car, but James is not a lot of the people. He's James Hatfield, and he had the same car I had. I was like. Cool kid in school. <laughs> <laughs> That's too funny. Uh, track two on here, and I always make the arguments about track two being Metallica's strongest ones. A lot of people on the fence about this one. The memory remains one of my favorites. Uh, I'm going to say this is probably my favorite off of this album. Um, not their best one off of this album, though, but this is definitely one of my favorites. Memory remains. What's your feeling on it? I like it too. I agree with you. I think it might be my favorite off of it. But like that, that's about, well, hold on. You know, uh, I don't want to talk about closers already. But uh, yeah, I, we got a big is, one. Uh, yeah, this is a. Uh, I, I like this song. I, was, I love the la la la's at the end. It was oh, something yeah. different, you know. And it's cool to see when they do something different. Oh yeah. And 
and it works, you know, and it worked for me. I thought it was a hit, you know, it was a, it was a success for him, you know, and I, I love to see them grow, you know, each, each album throughout the years and everything. So yeah, it's neat to see that, you know? Yeah, absolutely. So, yeah, a great song. Uh, you, you and I have been bullshitting this whole time about music videos and whatnot, but what about the creepy old lady in the old L.A. hotel or, or motel <laughs> that say la da 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 <laughs> Yeah, creepy video inside of the hotel. I mean, just, uh, unbelievable for me that on there. Um, underrated song on this album, the next two. I think that this is where we're going to stand on here because a lot of people forget about Devil's Dance and Unforgiven too. Both powerful, powerful tracks there. What do you think is the more underrated song out of those two? The Unforgiven too. I love the Devil's Dance too, but the, 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 uh, just the whole three songs to Unforgiven. I love them all, of course, because I just love them, but I like this, the version, the second version, not better than the first, but I just love them. But <clears throat> out of that, The Devil's Dance, I think this one is more, sorry, it's the better song. Yeah, absolutely. And here's Devil's Dance. We're not on, right? Always love the little side conversations there. As you guys heard John just say there, are we on? Referring to our last song over there. So don't worry on there. Devil's Dance. Now you guys tell me, DKDakosho at gmail.com, what song is the more underrated song? Devil's Dance or Unforgiven 2? Here's Unforgiven 2. So you see some similarities there between the first Unforgiven and, and the second Unforgiven. Uh, we wait two albums later to get Unforgiven three. Uh, what's what's the best one out of the three, John? I think two is. I honestly do. <clears throat> I thought it was, was kind of neat when it came out because of the DJs that played. They would kind of mess with you because you know, the beginnings are the same. You wouldn't know which one was going to play until after that first the intro started, you know? Yeah. But... And you know, I didn't say about the Devil's Dance. I really like that's got a good feel to it. You know, it's just got a good beat to it. You know, when you're, you know, say if you're just driving down the road, it's a good song to just you know get into the feel of it. You know, it's got a good feel to it. Yeah, absolutely, (laughs) definitely got a good feel to it there. Uh, Better than you uh, comes up next here, and and this one too is another good one too. Um, But for me on this one, you could still tell that this is the same era, Um, not much difference uh, between the sounds, but there's a completely different sound, if that makes sense. Yep. Like, you're able to identify <laughs> uh, what album it comes off of based upon just hearing a couple seconds. I know you can do it, too. But these songs, seeing the difference, it doesn't really sound the same as what you would, um, you know, hear from what we just heard off of Load. 
No, they're like you. I like how you say that. They're about the same era. Yeah, yeah, definitely. Yeah, I mean, just the one year difference. It's just now you could see the growth of the band or the band saying, okay, um, you know, fuck you. This is what we want to do and what we believe in, you know, and and that's the way you know it goes. But better than you, you guys tell me what you think. I see. I feel like that one could also be stuck in there too on, on those, you know, most underrated songs. It's got such a different, uh, you know, uh, sound to it. But at the same time, like, you know, nobody's going to play that heavy. So you're going to have to assume that when you hear this song, that you haven't heard an artist do something like this because you haven't. Nope. Nope. I'm glad you brought that up earlier about the, uh, the concert that I missed. I wanted to bring that up too. I didn't know that they did that for the Stones. And there was a lot of, like, being a truck driver, I was just on the road a lot, so I just heard a whole lot. You yeah. I have social media for a long time, and I, you know, like all the, you know, the internet and everything, I was just on the road, you know, so I didn't hear or see a lot of the stuff. I just, you know, heard stuff on the radio, so, like, like I got a lot of miles listening to these guys, and just, I felt bad when you said, like, man, they opened up with the Stones, and I didn't know that. That's a big historical event that, you know, should never have left my mind. <laughs> It happens. It, you know? Yeah, it happens. Yeah. Everybody gets, you know, everybody gets their, you know, uh, you know, time that they got to do their things and, you know, whatnot for, you know, work and stuff like that. Sometimes they miss things like, you know, I, I try to, you know, as a fan, try to keep, you know, not not like, you know, a uh, stalking tab, just, you know, like I get the alerts. Uh, I'll check the page every day, see what's going on, if there's anything new or anything along those lines. But just... In the process of me becoming the fan that I am, of course, I want to know about the history of what they've done and who they've, you know, done this for and that. And um, I had a friend of mine who was, um, you know, really big into the Rolling Stones. And then we had this chat of who's got more Grammys, the Rolling Stones or Metallica. And what do you think the answer is? Metallica. Yeah. And, and been around, obviously, a lot longer, you know. So, and of course, too, you can't always go by you know, the Grammys and stuff like that, because it's all bullshit, all of it. The Rock and Roll Hall of Fame is such an accomplishment for Metallica, but what other metal band is in there? Yeah. It, it, you know, and that, no, don't you think it's it like the People's Choice Award is like the one that really matters? Or I've never really understood how those award shows work and who picks them and all that stuff, because when Metallica lost to Jethro Tull years ago, I was like, oh, blow it out your ass. Yeah. Who chose that? Who chose that big flop, you know? Yeah. So... Bad, bad album too. That was yeah. by Death Row Tall, and it was one that ended up losing to it. Yeah, what the hell? Are you serious? I couldn't believe that. I, was, I remember watching. I was like, I can't believe who picks these people. So I always thought, you know, since then, you know, the people's choice isn't that like the only one that really matters. The people chose this. Yeah, absolutely. So, uh, yeah, uh, ne <laughs> I agree with you 100. Uh, next up that we got on here is Slither, uh, and then we're gonna be followed by Carpe Diem, baby. Uh, songs again that like. If you're listening to this on like a Sirius XM throwback channel or something along those lines, or even putting this on a shuffle or a mix, you're going to know this is coming off a of reload. And whether yes. you choose to keep it on or not, I think really kind of feels um, or says something about you as a fan of the fans that have been there, that have grown with the band, or even come in at this point, 
um, they're going to listen to this, and this is what they're they're. Um, you know, introduction might be, or this is what they knew or loved. For me, I, you know, having to go back and listen to these and appreciate these songs, it took me a long time uh, to go back and listen to these two albums, and I could never, ever picture Metallica without these two albums. Yeah, oh my goodness, oh my goodness, no, never, 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 never. This was a huge growth for them, and to hear, like, years ago when all the fans, like, if you hear me here today, you hear some fans say, oh, I don't... I've been a fan up to the black album. I was like, are you serious? Well, you're not really a fan because they grew a whole lot yeah. after that and since then, you know? So I think they grew a whole lot during these albums. And I swear, man, I should look this up before we did this. I'm so sorry. <laughs> I, think they all, I think all four of them went through a divorce during this album, during, during load and reload times. Yeah. Yeah, definitely was. We definitely will definitely get that information too after uh that that's a good point because I think you're spot on with that. And if not during these two albums, shortly right after. Yeah, yep. Life yeah. Changes. Oh yeah. Uh Slither for you guys here. So now, to most fans, think that that was just one continued version. Uh, John, we got there. Slither and Carpe Diem, baby. You can see, again, bringing the point up again, it just, the facts are there. This is a reload album. Yeah, and I hate to sound like a broken record. Oh, it's got a good feel to it. They, they have such a good, they're all different. They all have a great feel to it, man. Every song, it's like, you know, you can just put yourself in every, you know, you just, you got it on at home or whatever you listen to it just you know, going back and forth just really getting into it you know you can't hold still you know you can't and you can't listen to it low because um, i mean like you know low volume because that's illegal isn't it you can't listen to metallic <laughs> so. absolutely <laughs> illegal i agree with you there yeah, yeah at, so you gotta be getting into it Move, damn it <laughs> yeah and you could hear these riffs are um i guess you would say faster than their normal thrash you know, and it gives it gives a different side of like I feel like a little part of this album. Um, you could still you could see uh, the roots of where Lars is. There's no way that you don't det- you cannot tell that this is Lars drumming. But in the beginning, this is a new again repeated ballpark for these guys that they just came in there and fucking nailed. Yep. Crazy. Bad seeds up next for you guys. Now, as you hear, as we were speaking about earlier, about the moaning and the vocals that James had, you could, could see the confidence is built up and it continued over from load into reload. Yes. Uh, and definitely, definitely, yeah, Bad Seed, great song. Definitely, definitely one of their stronger songs off of this album. Next up, Where the Wild Things Are. Prince Charming. So I, I thought kind of in a sense at first when I was looking into this that Prince Charming would sound like, you know, the sequel to King Nothing. <laughs> <laughs> That's hilarious. 
But they, I, I'm not the band, so they went in a different direction. But Where the Wild Things Are, John, what do you say about that album? I mean, uh, that song off this album. Love it, too. Love it, too. Every, yeah. I, I, every song, like you just said, they just have... I don't know how they, you know, the, the, these 27 songs are all, you can tell from the same era, but I just don't know how they could just go and come up with all of this music and just have it all sound, not that you can tell it's, it's them from, like you said, the same era, but all different, all have a good feel to it and all, you know, not sound the same, you know, it's every one of them, you know, about something and, and, and different, you know, so yeah. it's just mind blowing. Oh, yeah. Where the Wild Things Are here for you guys. And then we got Prince Charming on there, back-to-back for you. So to me on that one there, Prince Charming, as you heard second there, and Where the Wild Things Are. Where the Wild Things Are is such a, a uh, great uh, musical song there. And forget about the lyrics sometimes of what you're listening to and think about what you're hearing. Uh, definitely kind of reminds me of the riffs in there, a little bit of Harvester of Sorrow. Yeah, yeah I And even on Prince Charming there, um, you know, going into this, you're starting off on a different uh, path uh, of the song itself. I think this is the fastest song on the album. Oh, I never really paid attention to that. Yeah, it, it definitely is really fast, and you can tell the difference of like who's where, you know, how how it's got to be worked, and how Lars is hitting the drums a little faster and the cymbals and whatnot too. Uh, three songs left. Um, Low man's lyric here. Uh, I know a lot of people that really love this song. It's really moving, and they will. A lot of people will argue with me that this is the best song on there. John, what do you think about Low man's lyric? I think it's kind of comparable to Mama Set, isn't it? This album, you think? Maybe it's kind of a different... Yeah. It went outside the box a little bit, you know? Uh, I, I, I like it, of course. It's it's. Uh, I think it's got a good feel to the end. They did, like I said, they did some different stuff in it. And uh, I kind of always thought that it should be in, like, some off, like, movie set, you know? Like, of a, a scene coming in from the movie, like, the end of it, but... I don't know. I always thought the end of the song was like really cool. Yeah, absolutely. My eyes seek reality. My fingers seek my veins. There you go. You know, awesome. uh, definitely you could tell where their mindset is at at this time in their career and whatnot. And, and it was at a point where, you know, I, I remember watching uh, interviews where Kirk was just like, yeah, we, we want to continue to play. We got to stop doing the shit. <laughs> yeah, so it happens. I can't can't say that you're not a rock star if you don't do it. I don't remember many sober rock stars in their beginning stages of their careers. Oh yeah, yeah. <laughs> but low man's lyric for you guys. And, and that one, as you can see, too, very close on the comparisons as we spoke about earlier. And, and think about it as that sounds like, 
you know, the backup um, to Zelda. <laughs> that's awesome that's cool yeah you know yeah i mean I've definitely years. oh yeah definitely could be definitely could be right sound you can hear yeah. it in there yeah <laughs> oh yeah leaves us with two songs remain john attitude uh not my favorite song by them and this is honestly the one song that i probably don't like by them uh i you know i i don't want to yeah i agree with you i don't want to just be generic and agree with you but um yeah, I, 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 I see this. I see what you're saying. I don't hate it. I don't hate it, but it's definitely not going to be on my top 25. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, ladies and gentlemen, attitude. And now, just for me, with, you know, the lyrics aspect of that particular song is what I don't like for there. Um, the actual musicianship of it, spot on. And you can hear now that they had this brilliant idea that they're going to save for many years later. Because that, to me, resembles Hardwired and Moth into Flame. Oh, cool, man. Cool. Well, you know what? It's it's one of their kids, so gotta love it. Yeah, right. <laughs> <laughs> bring us down here now, and again now, bringing it up to this point that we had, starting off Metal Militia ends it, Call of the Cthulhu, Damage Incorporated, Dyer's Eve, Struggle Within, then we went over to Outlaw Torn, and now Fixer played for the first yes. time in. 40 years at the 40th anniversary shows. Awesome. I couldn't, when you told me that they played that live, I was just happy for you first and foremost. You saw that and you was there for it. And, and thank you for sending me the video. Uh, it was awesome, but I was just very happy that they did that. That was very, very fucking badass intro to it, you know? Oh, yeah. I loved it. I loved it. I'm a bit teasing right now like a little kid. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. Great song. I'm so glad they did that live. Yeah, so glad. And for those who didn't get to hear it, I got a little treat for you. Here it comes. And now I know you guys didn't get to see all that because of the whole situation that um, we it was on the my end of that and John and I are on the audio. But if, if you guys get a chance there, it'll be on YouTube. And uh, 
Just look at the showmanship of this song being played for the first time in 40 years. Obviously, the song's not 40 years old. But uh, so for how could it be played for the first time in 40 years? So it played for the first time in its, in, in its existence, debuted there. Um, great way to end an album. Absolutely. That song is so powerful and the, the uh, drugs and the abuse and the shit that goes on in it and whatnot. But uh, when you guys check out this video, because I know all decaholics will, make sure you take a look at how Kirk's hands are moving. The Ripper could not expect anything less from him oh he's a shit yeah that's what, what a great song uh, that's one of the ones that you hear it's like played again <laughs> yeah absolutely played play again <laughs> and it's just and and hearing it hearing it loud and uh you know hearing it live and and hearing it where you know you got people there who are just looking around puzzled and crying like damn like you know just just crazy but you know load and reload that that's our recap uh, John, you're going to go with Outlaw Torn. I'm going to go with Bleeding Me. And then I think we're both in agreement there for our favorite song is The Memory Remains. But um, for for me, I, I got to say that I think it's going to be either Fuel or Fixer is the best song off this album. Yeah, I, I, um, yeah The Memory Remains is the most, the best one there, you know, for their success. But I, I, I want to go with Fixer because... It's a closer, and it, they're unbelievable closers. But and then I don't know a lot of fuel. Damn it, I, I get so torn, you know. But yeah, if I had if I had to, I think I'd have to go with Fixer because of the Outlaw Torn. And this is like, I don't want to say sister album because it's not a bitch. <laughs> 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 you know, it's not the sister album. It's Reload. Damn it, you know. So it's I, I think I would have to go with Fixer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, John. Thank you so much for doing that with me. It was so much fun. But now I got a story for you. Experience this. This is going to be my genius of the week. This happened to me earlier this morning. So I'm pulling out of a bar, uh, picking some folks up, trying to get them home safe. And uh, there was apparently a fight that broke out. A uh, girl got into a fight, started hitting the bouncer. And normally I've never seen anything like this happen before. So what had happened was is the bouncer just moved out of the way and let him fight. So usually, usually that guy, at some point, I guess he got pissed off and said, I'm tired of taking wax in the head. Let me get the fuck out of the way. And so um, be getting into it with each other, all of a sudden the girl hops back into the car that she's leaving. They run a red light. They cut the light. There's luckily nobody there because it's late at night. Um, otherwise, there would have been some serious problems. But in the process of doing so, the girl who got beat up, her boyfriend, decided that he would be our co-genius of the week picking up a ice ball or an ice brick and throwing it through the window. So he throws it through the window, and now it gets everybody scared. Now, right before they're about to crash this car, and again, this is a true story. I am an eyewitness to this. The girl in the back who was fighting the other girl somersaults backwards out of the car. I thought she died instantly. Her cranium hit the skull. I mean, her, uh, her cranium and skull hit the concrete like faster than anything I've ever seen in my life. She was on the ground, still moving and like like breathing heavily. And after that, I just got out of there because I watched some uncool shit happen where nobody decided they were going to break up what happened next, where the girl who was allegedly beat up the first time hopped on top of the victim who almost cracked her head and started wailing on her. Oh, man. Genius of the week. And that's just a Friday night. I still got to work tonight, John. 
genius of the week there always is. Yeah. Uh, oh, yeah. yeah, crazy, crazy madness always in the world. Um, John, as I brought up earlier, uh, we got 20 days left, buddy, till Vegas. Can't wait to see you. It's going to be a fun blast. But uh, rapid number one here is going to be putting you on the spot here. John and I have a contest going on, and we do this with all people who come to concerts with me, except for Nay. She's only done it a few thousand times already, so she doesn't participate anymore. Uh, five songs that we will definitely hear in Vegas, John. Rapid number one. One, definitely Master of Puppets. Um, For Whom the Bell Tolls. I'm just going to go album to album. <laughs> off a load, off a load, I'd say... Definitely, oh, oh, I want to say King Nothing, because I love that fucking song, man. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, I want to say, now that we're dead, they need to play that. They, I hope they play now that we're dead off of. Awesome choices. Uh, yeah, yeah. Um, how many do I have set five? Uh, yeah, that's five, yeah. I'm going, I'm going to turn around, and I'm going to try to go elsewhere on this. So I'm going to say Harvester of Sorrow. I'm going to say The Four Horsemen. We're going to hear Whiplash. We're going to hear Welcome Home Sanitarium. And we are going to hear Moth into Flame. Those are my five. Only because I know we're going to hear your five. Awesome. <laughs> awesome. awesome. Brought it up earlier in the show. I know you're not a big sports guy. But Super Bowl Sunday, we're sitting one or eight days away. Cincinnati Bengals, John, or the L.A. Rams. Who you got winning this game? Gotta go with Stafford all the way, man. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to pick um, rapid number three. Uh, better album, <laughs> load or reload? A hundred percent load. 100%. I am a hundred percent with you. Yeah, it's my favorite album of all time. It doesn't matter what album you put it up against. I'm going to say load 100% of the time. That's just me. That's my album. Uh, it will never be any other. So it's, I'm going to be that way about it. <laughs> Absolutely. And, John, I got to say once again, man, thank you so much for coming on. It was so much fun doing this with you and getting the breakdown. As you could hear, as you mentioned, uh, very similar in the albums of the sound and whatnot from there. But, uh, John, oh, yeah. do me a favor. Uh, tell the Decaholics one more time what is going on, where they could find the Outlaw Torn page on Twitter, and what we're doing there. What is our mission? All right. Um, first, I want to say I had a blast doing this, and we you know we could have took triple the amount of time doing this. Cause, oh yeah. You know, yeah. But um, so uh, how we met is you. You want I I got a hold of you looking for help, and you was like, yeah, I'll help you. And the help I needed was. For the screenplay that I wrote, uh, the innocent victim was the movie. Uh, the Outlaw Torn is the song that brought it out of me, and I've written four other movies now besides this one. But Metallica may brought this out of me, so the power of music um, is here in effect. You know, it, ch it changed my life. It, it, it's load is always going to be the best for me, but I need people to go to Twitter. The Outlaw Torn Four is the Twitter page, and I don't know shit about making movies i never even thought i'd be a screenwriter so deacon is awesome enough awesome enough to help me get this ball rolling because it's been 23 years since this happened to me i didn't even know what actually happened until about five years after it happened it's just a great process and that's why you need to listen to uh his episode 71 where we go in depth about this whole process but yeah yeah the, it's a metallica movie that needs to get made it's not a documentary 
It's not, you know, it's not anything like all the other bands are doing. It's, I think it's, I'm not trying to get it because it's me. I think it's exactly what needs to be made because it's a Metallica movie and it's nothing to do with them. It's their song. It's about, it's everything to do with them, of course, because it's their song, but it's nothing to do with their lives, you know, what they're going through, their kids and this and that, and the things they're going through. No, it's just, it's the same thing as one and Johnny God is gone. His gun. Yeah. There's a song that tells what this guy goes through in this movie. What a great concept, man. It's really, really fucking cool. And I feel very blessed to be part of it. What a great process. And one of these days, me and you are going to be like, yeah, Deacon was the first one to help me get this ball rolling. <laughs> well, I try to always help everybody, especially too when I believe in the cause. And I think that if, like I had mentioned earlier, that if you're a Metallica fan, and of course we're going to get you set up on some other podcasts with some other people that will help expand the uh, horizons as well. Um, but it, this is something that all Metallica fans should definitely look into and whatnot. Um, but uh, could also, if you can't find John on his page, um, you could also reach him at John Jennings Six. He is available. That's his personal page as well. Deacon and Co. Show on the Twitter if you want an easier access to finding it. But upcoming on the Deacon and Co. Show, I might as well just ruin the spoiler now. But John might be back with us. It's a good possibility in a couple weeks to recap yeah. Vegas, and yeah. we start part one next week of the uh, Big Four. It's going to be great with Doc. Uh, Brad Campbell, the doc. It's an awesome uh, experience to get to chat some Megadeth and other bands that we haven't discussed yet on the show. But in the meantime, make sure that you guys enjoy the Pro Bowl and the All-Star Game today for some hockey. Don't forget about the Metallica concert. You can stream it up to 48 hours after today from the Black Bolt Box. Uh, Deacon and Kosho at gmail.com if you want to leave a line. You already know where to find me on the socials, Instagram and Twitter, Deacon and Kosho. But for now, the outlaw John and Deacon himself are out.